0: Wow, it has been a hot minute since I hung out with y'all. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, friends, Life with Tina. I am actually super excited to be back. It has been Quite a while since I did my last podcast, I think about four months actually, and Parker and I just got done with our school lessons for the day, and I made a delicious cup of coffee so I can just come and sit down and hang out with you guys. Today, we're going to talk about something that is controversial, surprise, surprise, right? But it's something that I feel really strongly about, and I wanted to share my thoughts on it, and that is causing your brother to stumble. And we're going to reference a little bit of scripture today when talking about that. So without further ado, let's jump into it. My name is Tina. I'm the host of this podcast show and also the creator of the YouTube channel, Home Free Alaska, where we share from scratch recipes, homeschool life inspiration, and our homesteading journey with you. This podcast is a spin-off of our channel, a behind the scenes look into our life on the homestead. Raw and unfiltered, I share my thoughts on motherhood marriage, our culture, and our spiritual pursuit as believers. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get on with today's show. Really quick for those of you that might be new to the show, I just wanted to mention why there has been such a gap since my last episode. We are a military family and my husband just retired from the Coast Guard 20 years of service. Yay. We just retired and we moved from Virginia to our forever homestead here in Alaska. We were stationed up here twice and just fell in love with Alaska and knew when we retired that this is where we wanted to be. Uh, There's no place like home. Like we just felt like this was home to us and we were being called to come back here. So we purchased our uh, little cabin here on 15 acres and we just got here about three and a half months ago. So it's been quite the transition, as you can imagine, for those of you that follow our journey on our YouTube channel, Home Free Alaska. Uh, you know all about that. So we shared everything, the cross-country trip, the ferry getting to Alaska, going through the Canadian border, those first precious days here at the cabin and just getting, you know, unpacked, settled in here and kind of adapting to our new life. So it's it's been quite the journey. Um, getting back into our school routine. I homeschool my, our son Parker. We are on our fifth year homeschooling. And so it's just been quite the adjustment. And I am so touched because so many of you have emailed me and messaged me and told me how much that, you know, you love the podcast, you enjoy the talks with me. And when are you coming back? <laughs> so many people like, are you going to keep doing your podcast? When are you going to do your next show? All the things. And I just felt like I couldn't do it yet. I wanted to do it. I wanted to get back in here and start recording again. But I just felt so uh, stretched thin. You know, with the YouTube channel, we upload one video a week, sometimes more if we have time. But with filming, editing, all the things that goes with that, homeschooling Parker, and just life in general, uh, we are off-grid here in Alaska. So we chop our own firewood for a heat source for the cabin and have to clear a lot of snow on a regular basis so we're just busy and so I wanted to come back and I just couldn't find a way to do it and I sat down with Joe and I'm like I've got to get back in there and start recording so he is out with Parker right now chopping some firewood they're cutting down some trees to restock and while they were out and about I thought this is a great time for me to get in here and have some alone time with you guys. So I don't know about you guys, but I am in the headlines, the news headlines every day. I'm not fixated on it, nor do I allow it to consume my life. But I do think it's important to be aware of what's going on around us. And, you know, it's funny. You can see the contrast between CNN versus Fox, right? <laughs> Clearly, there is a narrative and uh there's just a very clear contrast there so i am aware of fake media i am aware of propaganda and i'm aware of the fear-mongering that goes on but i like to stay abreast with what is going on in our country and the world Uh, especially with all this craziness going on with china and russia and all these spy balloons and unknown objects that are flying over our country all of a sudden being shot down um, you know, I just really believe we're in the end times, friends, right? The Lord says there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and all of the things that he discusses that are going to come in the end times, I believe, are happening now. Does that mean that the end of the world is tomorrow? I do not know that. None of us know that. It may not even be in our lifetime, uh, but I do believe we are living in the end times. The culture is disgusting. And that's not to say that there's not still good people in the world, right? You're a good person. I'm a good person, at least I think I am. So there are there is good, but there is a lot of evil as well. So with the uh it's kind of funny. I actually got an email from a subscriber on the YouTube channel and I always find it funny when I I just find it very strange actually, not funny. It's very strange to me. When people take the time to not just leave a YouTube comment on a video, but actually email me at homefreealaska at gmail.com to send me this entire novel of an email telling me how to live my life. I find that very interesting because for me personally, I have way too much going on in my life. I do not. I would never have the time to sit down and meddle in someone's life that way to send them an email and tell them how they should be living their life. <laughs> so I had somebody send me an email that, uh, how do I put it in a nutshell? This goes with the whole headline, watching the news, listening to the news, whatever topic that I was just speaking on. So basically the gist of the email was um, her journey to faith. And she found, how do I put it in a nutshell? Basically, uh, I judge people because I am very opinionated, you guys. You guys know that. If you've been around the podcast or even my YouTube channel for a while, I say what is on my mind and I do not hold back. Uh, Sometimes I'm wrong. I'll admit that. I'm not perfect. I am human. But I believe that a lot of times I'm right because... I go based on what the scripture says. And uh, I feel like if you go along with the word of God, you can't go wrong. So anyway, she sends this email, um, you know, on Instagram. I, a lot of times, will screenshot something I might find on the headlines, and then I kind of give my opinion on it in my stories or whatever. And I don't really know if she's talking about the YouTube channel or maybe she's following my Instagram. But I clearly uh, prefer, my, my preferred news channel is Fox. I do like Newsmax and some other ones, but I have the Fox News app on my phone. And when I have my coffee every morning, I do check the headlines. So anyway, she sends me an email. Basically, the whole topic of love is love, right? I shouldn't be judging all the things, just all this stuff. And I just find it so interesting, you guys, because it is so important for us to be aware of what is going on in the culture, Nothing good is going to come from us burying our heads in the sand and plugging our ears and pretending like we don't hear and we don't see what is going on around us. It is in our face. How can we get away from it? I mean, you can't even go pump gas at the gas station anymore without the fear of someone coming up and attacking you. People are being shoved into subway trains for no reason, Rape is going on like wildfire. Women are just being attacked in broad daylight. I just saw a headline today of a young woman in her apartment gym working out at 9.30 p.m. and a man just rolls up in there, calm as can be, and just walks right up to her and grabs her and tries to attack her. Little did he know she was a boxer and she fought him off, but it's like this is the world we're living in. Like, it's not to say we need to be paranoid, but we need to be prepared and we need to be very vigilant and not uh, ignorant to the reality of the world that we're living in right now. So the topic that I wanted to talk about today, um, and I chose this topic because it's so near and dear to my heart. You guys that have been on on the podcast for a while and listened to past episodes, you know that Joe and I are very open and honest about our struggle in our marriage with addiction to pornography And we are transparent with that because we feel it's important to share our testimony. I honestly feel like God has called us to share our testimony that, you know, a lot of times we go through things in our life and we're like, why in the world would God let us go through something like that? Well, I think sometimes, you know, it's so that we can have an impact on someone else if nothing else, to make others know that you're not alone, right? We're all going through this. It all looks perfect on Instagram, but what's going on behind closed doors <laughs> is a hot mess behind closed doors, let me tell you. So uh, we're very open about our life and our marriage and the struggles that we've had. And with the struggle of pornography and addiction with pornography and everything that that led to and encompassed, This topic is near and dear to my heart, which, as I stated in the beginning of this episode, was not causing our brothers to stumble. And I'm going to share that verse with you and explain that to you in just a few minutes. But I found a headline that was interesting to me that I feel kind of goes along the lines of this topic, and the headline is, quote, not a woman's responsibility, LSU gymnast defends social media platform against critics, right? So she says, um, basically, it's not her fault the way that men view her. It's not her fault or her responsibility to be accountable for the way that men lust after her and look at her. Um, and probably commit adultery in their minds with her, even if they're married, right? It's not her fault. She's not responsible for the way that they look at her. But let me tell you guys something. If you go and you look up this LSU gymnast, her name is Olivia Dunn. She has 3.4 million followers on Instagram. I don't know about TikTok and everything because I don't do TikTok, But all I know is she has 3.4 million followers on Instagram. And if you go to her Instagram page, it is straight up filth. Filth. It's disgusting filth and pornography, and there's no other way around it. You can't even say that it's not. It is disgusting. She's obviously a young lady in her early 20s, and, you know, she's a gymnast, so she's very fit. Very beautiful. Just putting all the goodies out there. Um, And so, you know, when I saw this headline, she's saying, you know, it's not a woman's responsibility. I can't be responsible for the fact that that man is lusting after my body. Well, sister, let's just chat about that for a second. Um, Yes, you can. And yes, you are. So, you know, I always go back to my younger years, my earlier years. And you guys know my story with breast implants. I got breast implants at 23 years old, um, partially because I I wanted to try and be something I wasn't. That's when the, the Girls Next Door show was a big popular thing. That's when all the implants were so popular. And I wanted to be that, right? I wanted to have what I didn't have. And the fact that Joe did have an addiction to pornography, um, did make me feel inadequate because who can live up to porn stars? You know what I'm saying? Like they almost all have implants. They're getting Botox. They're getting all the things, right? So as a regular mom living at home, homeschooling her kids or just going to work or whatever, like we can't live up to that. You know what I'm saying? Like I just shaved my legs the other night and I was kind of scared. It had been quite a while. (laughs) So it's just life is real, right? Like anyway. I could go off on a tangent like that. My, my point is saying that was that we don't look like porn stars on an everyday basis. And if you do more power to you, I mean, that is a lot of work. Um, but when I was younger, probably in my early 20s, fresh in the military, right out of high school, just got married to Joe, I partied a lot. Joe's never been a drinker. I loved to drink and I loved to party in my younger years. And I. I will tell you guys, I have quote unquote daddy issues, right? You hear that term. I don't have a daddy, right? I don't have a daddy. My dad, uh, I was, well, I don't want to say that because I don't want to be disrespectful to my mother, but um, they were not married. I, I was kind of an accident per se. And my dad was never there for me. So I never had that positive male role model in my life to look up to. And it's crazy how it works. But unfortunately, uh, when that happens, sometimes you tend to chase that attention or what you think is the attention you want from other men, whether it's healthy or not healthy, and whether it's done in healthy ways or not, doesn't really matter. At the time, you're just getting the attention. And so it's fulfilling something In you at least temporarily, right? So when I was in my early 20s, especially after I got my breast implants, um, I would go so far as to say I was a lot like this gymnast Olivia Dunn. I liked the rush that it gave me. When men would look at me and lust after me and hit on me, it made me feel good. It made me feel beautiful, made me feel relevant, made me feel wanted, made me feel all the feels, right? Mind you, these are all the things that Satan wants us to relish in, okay? So the Lord tells us we're supposed to find our love and our purpose and our value in him and the way that he values us, right? Not what the culture says is important today, but... You know, I would wear low-cut shirts with my cleavage sticking out. I'd wear really racy string bikinis. Um the selfies were always taken like with the phone above my head straight down my shirt. You guys know what I'm talking about? Right? Little fish face uh fish face say that fast 3 times. selfies. I look back on some of those pictures and I'm so embarrassed. So ashamed. Uh just totally embarrassed that that was what I found value in. I found value in how many likes I could get on a picture, or how many people I could I could make turn their head when I was out and about on the beach in a bathing suit or at a pool or whatever. That was my young, immature in the flesh mind. Right. I think with age and wisdom, uh, you you kind of change the way that you look at things. But I can actually relate to that girl. And I'm just putting myself out there and being honest. You guys, that's what I am on my podcast and my YouTube channel. I'm completely honest. And some people always tell me, why do you share such personal things? Oh my God. Well, because I feel it's important to share them because I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one that struggled with this. But my mindset has changed as I've gotten older. Uh, And... I see so many things going on in the culture like this gymnast, right? It's like when you walk around dressing like that, you cannot expect to get any good attention from that. You cannot expect to have any man with any type of respect and dignity and any man that really values a woman to reach out to you because that's not the, the kind of guys you're attracting when you're dressing this way. And putting all the goodies out there for anyone and everyone to see. So, the other headline I saw, which really honestly uh, took me off guard, was Shania Twain. I grew up listening to Shania Twain. And for those of you that don't know, she was a famous country singer. Um, Her husband cheated on her with her assistant, and then she kind of went dark for a few years. They got a divorce. Uh, She's had a lot of body issues. Um, And I would imagine maybe even caused partially by her husband cheating on her with her assistant, right? You know, as we get older, ladies, and we have babies, or whether you haven't had babies, you kind of start feeling like, am I still beautiful? Am I, you know, is my husband still interested in me now that I've got some stretch marks and I've got some aging spots and maybe got some crow's feet around my eyes? I'm starting to talk about all the things that I'm noticing that I'm having, (laughs) Like, when you get older, like, things just start growing out of nowhere. You get hairs where there shouldn't be hairs. And you start to wonder, like, am I still desirable? And I wonder if when he cheated on her with her assistant, her young assistant, did that make her feel inadequate? You know what I mean? But the headline is, Shania Twain reveals she was petrified to pose nude for her new music album. So she went dark for years and all of a sudden she came back into the headlines and she doesn't even look like the beautiful Shania Twain that I remember. I remember her long brown hair, right? Any man of mine. You guys remember Shania Twain? Man, I feel like a woman. Yes, I used to listen to her all the time. She was so pretty. She was gorgeous, just naturally gorgeous too. Barely wore any makeup you know, didn't have her boobies hanging out, and she was fine. Now, she comes back into the headlines years later, and she looks like this funky spinoff of Britney Spears. Like, blondish pink hair, boobs falling out, and now she's posing naked for her new music album. It's pretty sad. Um, I I have this pulled up here. So, she's 57 years old, and she posed nude. She's Canadian country star 57 says she was nervous about bearing it all for the upcoming album Queen of Me, but ultimately found it empowering. She found it empowering to pose nude for her new music album. She says it was so empowering. I was, I'm so glad I did it. A pink-haired Twain told such and such on the Today Show, I was petrified. But once I flipped that switch and dove into it, I'm like, I'm all in. I'm committed 100%. Can I just tell you guys what that switch is, that 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 switch that she's talking about? That is your conscience. <laughs> that is the point in your conscience when you say, I know this is wrong. Everything in my guts telling me this is wrong. Jesus is speaking to me right now. In my stomach, I feel him saying, this is not right. But I'm going to flip that switch and I'm going to say, even though I know it's not right and it's a sin and it's wrong or whatever, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway because everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is walking around half naked with their boobs hanging out. And look at them. They're popular. They're relevant. They have more followers on Instagram. So I'm 57. My music and my music career kind of, you know, fizzled out. What can I do to become relevant again? Oh, I know. I can take my shirt off. So it's flipping the switch is turning off your conscience. It's turning off your principles and your values and your morals. And dare I say, it's shutting the door in God's face, literally shutting it in his face, telling him, I know you're disappointed in me. I know that this breaks your heart to see me do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because my likes on Instagram matter more than than you, Lord. That's what's, That's what flipping the switch is. And it's the same switch that gets flipped when you choose to keep texting the guy from work that you kind of think the text conversation has gone a little bit beyond friendship. And your husband, if he found the message conversation, would be livid, but yet you continue to text the guy from work because it makes you feel alive. It makes you feel relevant. You're flipping the switch. You're turning off your conscience and you're saying, I know it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's the same switch that's flipped when you commit the affair. You did it once and you're, you can't believe you did it, but then you meet him again And you meet him again and you meet him again and you allow yourself to keep doing it. You're shutting out your conscience when you flip the switch and you just continue to sin when you know it's wrong. That's the switch. So Shania goes on to say, indeed, uh, says, indeed, Twain got completely comfy in her bare skin. I wasn't thinking about what anybody thought, she said. I didn't think about who was in the room, she told the morning show. This is about me. This is about my moment. It had to be vulnerable where I felt that I was facing a fear of being judged or being maybe even laughed at and being embarrassed. So how sad is that, you guys? And, you know, I I look at Shania and it just makes me so sad for her because I'm like, honey, you have done degraded yourself in a way that you, you really can't come back from. You know, that's out there now. Whether you decided to change and not do it anymore, it's out there. You did it. You can't undo it. And I had mad respect for her when I was growing up listening to her. I, I adored her music and I thought she was beautiful. And now she's just gone completely along with the culture, right? The culture tells us this is what this is what gets you recognized. This is what makes you special. This is what makes you popular. This is what makes you important. Not your personality, right? It's it's your body. What you can do sexually. How far can you put yourself out there? The other headline that I saw, this was actually a few months ago, and I saved it because I knew I wanted to do this podcast with you guys. It was Denise Richards. Okay, Uh, Denise Richards, gorgeous. Just Google her name and pull her up. She's absolutely beautiful. The headline is Denise Richards reveals her husband shoots content for her OnlyFans page. And my comment to this was, in this culture, women will do just about anything to justify their unquenched thirst for fame and money and attention. So this is something new. Well, maybe it's not new, but it's something I'm seeing a lot more of lately. And I even see it on YouTube as a YouTuber. Um, So her husband shoots content for her OnlyFans page. And for those of, the, of you that might not know what OnlyFans is, it's basically pornography website. That's what it is. It's where any average mom, like Tina Watson, I could go create an OnlyFans page and start posting sexy, inappropriate, even nude photos of myself, and you make money off of it, right? So it's basically a porn site. And so Denise is saying that her husband... Um, not only is okay with her doing it, but helps shoot the content for her website that makes them more money. How do you even begin to unpack that? Because there's so many levels of dysfunction there. (laughs) First of all, if you are a man with any kind of value in your wife, you should never want another man looking at her like that. That is your wife. Those are your breasts, that is your body that God has given you to enjoy. So for you to basically pimp out your wife like that to make more money, shame on you. That is disgusting and vile in so many ways. Okay, And then it's like, then you've got all these men lusting after her on her OnlyFans page and he's perfectly fine with it as long as it's making him money. I mean, it's no different than prostituting out your wife. And I see this on YouTube and it makes me batty. It just makes me absolutely insane. This, you have these amazing YouTube channels, right? Where you've got like, it's like a family YouTube channel even. Like the husband and the wife do the YouTube together and it's like about their family and it's a life vlog or whatever. And the thumbnails, you know, the little thumbnail picture you see that you decide to click on and watch the video, the thumbnail has the wife posing in a very provocative way, sometimes even with like low cut shorts and tight little leggings on or whatever, right? Like let's say it's a husband and a wife that's building something. So the thumbnail is of them building the structure. And you've got the woman sitting there with like her boobs hanging out, holding up a beam, pushing her butt out. And the husband's kind of standing off in the background. Sometimes even the husband and everything else is blurred out, but you can still kind of see the background, but it brings attention. It's only focused in on the woman clickbait. It's totally clickbait. And I feel like that's no different than Denise Richards and her husband. Like Joe, there's been a couple times I did a day in the life one time and I was sharing my skincare routine. Uh, and it was my morning skincare routine. And I honest to goodness, didn't even think about it until after the fact. I, you know, got done drinking my coffee, was in the bathroom filming my morning routine. And when I went back to edit that video later, I looked at it and I was like, oh my goodness, I don't have a brawn. I, I don't have a brawn. But you guys, I don't sleep with a bra on, right? Most of us don't. And I, when I'm drinking my morning coffee or doing my morning routine, I don't have a bra on. I don't put my bra on unless I go somewhere. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll put on a sports bra around the house just because the girls need to feel a little bit secure. But for the most part, if I'm at home, I'm not wearing a bra. But I, honest to goodness, didn't think about it until I sat down to edit the video. And I could see in the video that my nipples were hard. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have to just delete the whole thing. I am so different than I used to be, you guys. Back in the day, I told you who the old Tina used to be. That is not who I am anymore. Nobody should be seeing my hard nipples except for my husband. Nobody should even see me in that light except for my husband. And, you know, I talked to Joe about it, and I was able to edit it in a way where I was able to cut out the parts where my nipples showed through my shirt and it was all okay. But I'm just saying that to say Joe was actually bothered by it. And he was the one that was like, you know, just cut out the parts where your nipples are showing, cut that out. And out of respect for Joe, and I would have done it anyway, even if Joe didn't ask me to, um, I cut it out because that is out of respect for my husband. And to put that out there, Um, You can go on YouTube and you can see the thumbnails that have like, that that have gone viral, right? Because it's got a woman with like a really short skirt um, in a really awkward position or it's got nipples showing through a shirt or cleavage or all these boobs. And that, that's why they've gone viral. Sorry, the kittens are playing with their little uh, ball that Parker got them. So you might hear some jingling in the background. (laughs) We've got two little kittens and I like playing with their toys in the afternoons. But you know, it's just, it's making me crazy, um, you know, to see these YouTubers that are getting more clicks and more views because of like the dishonesty that they're portraying through their thumbnail. Like this, you know, you're, you're pimping out yourself. Husbands, you're pimping out your wives, and even if you say, oh, what's the harm in it? I mean, you know, the video, we're not showing anything. What's the harm in it? She's not really doing anything with another guy. I mean, it's all just virtual. It's not like, you know, even if the guy used her thumbnail to get off on, which by the way happens, can we just be real? Guys can get off on just about anything. The slightest little picture, okay? So what's the big deal? It's just virtual, right? It's a huge deal. The Lord says in Matthew five twenty-eight. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with a lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So the culture we're living in, everybody's committing adultery. You know what I'm saying? Like pornography, YouTube, I mean Instagram. Like you can find quote unquote porn anywhere you want to these days. You can't even watch TV or YouTube or play a game on your phone without ads popping up that are completely explicit and inappropriate. But the Lord says, no, 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 no. This isn't just physical. It's not just if you lay in a bed and actually physically have sex with that woman. You're lusting after her in your own heart and you're fantasizing about her in a sexual way that is inappropriate. And instead of looking at that woman and saying, that is a child of God, Right? That is my sister in Christ. That's someone's daughter. Having respect. Lord, help me have respect for this woman because she's your child and find value in her as a human being. You're looking at her as if she's nothing more than a piece of meat, a sex object. And that's the problem with today's culture. And it's the, the porn addiction is literally getting so bad that it's causing these men to go out and do these ungodly things in broad daylight, risking their whole lives, risking their marriages, their careers and going to the prison possibly to satisfy their unquenched fantasies. Because you've looked at the porn for so long that now looking at the porn is not enough. You need to act on it and you need something bigger and better every time to get the same high that you used to get. It's the same thing as drugs and alcohol, right? So every time you look at porn, you go a little bit further. Maybe it turns into child pornography. Maybe it turns into violent pornography where it's like gang rapes and things like that. It's sick, you guys. It's sick how this develops because... You get to a point with the chemicals in your brain where what you were looking at at one point used to be enough. It's not enough anymore. This is just like the guy that went in the gym and attacked this girl or these men that we've seen on the headlines that have walked up to a grandma walking with her three grandchildren and he walks up in broad daylight and snags up one of her grandchildren to kidnap it. Now tell me, what's that grown man going to do with that child? He's going to take it home. He's going to molest it. He's going to rape it. He's possibly going to sell it into human trafficking. Nothing good comes from that. And this is what the culture is coming to because of the over-sexualization in everything. So when we look at um, what's going on with Shania Twain, with Denise Richards, with this, you know, gymnast that says, it's not my fault that men look at me like that. No, it is your fault. And we have a responsibility to try to help our brothers not to stumble. And I've talked about this before. Now, let me just say, is that saying that if a girl walks around in a short skirt and her boobs hanging out that she deserves to be raped? No, that is not what I'm saying. Let me make sure I make that really clear. I'm No, we're, we're all to be held accountable for our sins. So if you go out and rape somebody... That is a sin that is on you. You made that decision to do that. That is not the fault of the person that you decided to rape. Now, depending on where you put yourself, what you're wearing, the people you hang out with, and the things you choose to do, does that increase your chances of potentially being assaulted? Absolutely. Absolutely. I just saw a a college girl that was murdered, she was raped. Uh, these four guys met her at a bar. She went home with them at 2-something two, two something in the morning. She didn't have a ride home. They offered her a ride home, duh, who gets into a car with four guys that you just met at the bar at 2.30 in the morning. Her blood alcohol content was three times the legal limit. Long story short, she was raped by two of the guys while the other guys watched it. And then somehow when she got out of the vehicle, she was actually hit and killed by some random vehicle because she was drunk, and maybe I don't know the whole story. I don't know if she walked out in the road and got hit, or I don't know the whole story of how that happened. But if you weren't at the bar getting drunk, and she was beautiful, she was beautiful, one of the girls, young girls, boobs hanging out, you know, like putting herself out there in a not not very respectful light. You're kind of you got a neon sign on you that just screams. That you're looking for bad attention when you dress like that. Is it her fault that she was raped? No, it's not. Those men, I pray they go to prison and I pray they have to pay for what they did to her. It's disgusting and vile and sad. But she increased her risk of something bad happening to her because of the decisions she made, the place she put her. After hours, I always told our daughter, Lexi, nothing good happens after midnight. <laughs> our curfew was always midnight when she was 18 living at home because nothing good happens at mid, after midnight. That's when all the crazies come out. So um, it's absolutely our responsibility, though, to be mindful and very uh, conscious about the way that we're presenting ourselves and we're putting ourselves out there. Now, I just want to read 1 Corinthians 8, 13. So it says, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. So let's just unpack that for a second. Um, my brother struggled with alcoholism for a while, and gosh, I was so proud of him. He turned his life around and quit drinking, but it was difficult for him to be around other people that were drinking a beer hanging out around a bonfire because it tempted him and it made him want a beer and it made him feel weak and it put him on the verge of losing his sobriety and falling back into that trap of drinking because other people were doing it around him. So when my brother was working through that sobriety and trying to remain sober, when he would come to my house, I wouldn't drink alcohol around him. And I remember a couple times I even asked him, like, hey, do you mind if I have a beer? Like, if we had him over for dinner or whatever it was, do you mind if I have a beer? Like, is it going to bother you? And he would tell me yes or no. And depending on what he said dictated what I did. Because I don't love my drink enough to potentially jeopardize my brother's journey to sobriety. I loved my brother more than I loved the alcohol. I was willing to sacrifice having a drink if it, would, if it meant protecting my brother and helping him through this journey of trying to quit drinking alcohol, right? So that's essentially, that is what that verse is saying. And what that verse is also saying at the end, lest I make my brother stumble. Lest I make my brother stumble. So if I am drinking in front of my brother and I am you know, pressuring him or tempting him or taunting him to have a beer with me. And then he has a beer and he stumbles back into that alcoholism, right? It's partially his fault because we are all held to account for our own decisions. But I believe that the Lord says it's also my fault because I knew my brother had an issue with that and I tempted him. I tempted him. So I'm partially to blame for it. Instead of being uplifting and encouraging and supporting his journey to sobriety, I tempted him and caused him to fall. I caused him to fail. And I apply this same verse to the culture and the pornography and the little LSU gymnast that wears practically nothing saying, I'm not responsible for the way that guys look at me. Excuse me, I think the Lord says you are. So I think in general, it's like, okay, well, yeah, Tina, you knew your brother had an alcohol problem, but you know, I don't know if the guy walking down the street or at the beach or at the pool or at the bar has a porn addiction, so how am I supposed to know if I'm tempting him? Can we just paint with a really broad brush here for a second? It's 2023. Every man since the beginning of time has struggled with lusting after women, okay? That is a fact. If you look through the history of the Bible, uh, the adultery, I mean, oh my gosh, you guys. I mean, this this has always been a struggle and men are very visual creatures. They always have been. Men don't even have to physically touch a woman. They can just look at her and, and it's all that they need. So, I think if we paint with a broad brush and we go out into society when we're picking out what we're going to wear that day or we're picking out what we're going to wear to the beach or the swimming pool, if we paint with a broad brush and we go, okay, if there's 10 men at the pool today, there's probably at least eight of them that struggle with pornography and lusting after other women, if not all 10 of them. (laughs) That's just the fact. So if I... Now, some might say, well, what if, you know, if he's not married, then what's the harm if he's looking at me? Like, well, I look at my son. I look at Parker when I think of that. And I think of the fact that even as my young son grows into teenage years and in his young adulthood before he takes a wife, I don't want my son to think that it's okay to lust sexually after another woman and fantasize her about her in a sexual unclean way to please himself. Because again, that is God's child, that's someone's daughter, that's someone's sister, that's someone's wife potentially, or that's someone's girlfriend. So it's this unhealthy view that we have on the way that we look at other women or even the way some women look at men. I mean, this really does go both ways. Statistically, more men are addicted to porn than women and more men struggle with this than women but there are a lot of women that have struggled with porn addiction too and lusting after other men so whether the guys married or not doesn't matter now you can't control the way he thinks of you right i mean i could be i could be wearing my beanie my winter coat and my gloves and everything i was just in town the other day to get a haircut and a guy comes in the salon with his wife and he's looking at me, gawking at me every time his wife wasn't watching. And I could see this and I'm sensitive to this, right? Because Joe and I have struggled with this in our marriage and I'm sensitive to that. And not, I wasn't angry. I was sad for his wife because all the while they were waiting for her appointment, she had no idea that her husband couldn't keep his eyeballs in his head. And it's one thing to look and, and appreciate God's beauty, right? Oh, wow, she's beautiful. And look away. We call it bouncing the eyes. To think we could never notice someone or that was beautiful or never have an attraction to someone is unrealistic. It's just human nature, right? We're going to see things. We're going to notice things. Even if it's just someone walking by in Lowe's, you're going to see them. You can't help it. You can't unsee them. But you can help what you do with that thought. You can help how long you stare right we have that power we have that control satan would like us to believe we don't and he would like us to go down that rabbit trail right i've seen men take their phones out and take pictures of women at the gym so they could masturbate to the pictures later i mean this is a sick world we're living in you guys and my whole purpose and you guys know i always go off on tangents and i'm like well let me go back to what i was talking about but my whole purpose and desire for today's episode was to appeal to my sisters in Christ. And even if you're not a Christian, I hope to appeal to you and your conscience and your morals and your principles and say, Can we as women have enough respect for ourselves and enough dignity for ourselves and our husbands if we're married, right? to not put ourselves out there and cause another man to stumble. I've had friendships in the past with women that I've had to cut off because it caused my husband to stumble. I'm not talking about physical adultery, but I'm talking about when I've got a girlfriend and every time we get together for a barbecue... She's got her boobs hanging out, short shorts. That's going to cause my husband to stumble. That's going to cause him to look at her, even if he's trying with everything he has not to. I don't want to hang out with girls like that. And I can smell them kind of girls coming from a mile away because I used to be one of them. I can see this from both perspectives. I used to be that girl that was so hungry for attention. Even if my friends, my friend was married and her husband was checking me out in this sick, twisted mind I used to have, I didn't even think about my friendship with her. I liked the way I felt when her husband was checking me out. That's sick. That's dysfunction. I was causing her husband to stumble. And I purposely, you know, it's part of why I don't have a lot of girlfriends. It is really hard to find a good girlfriend these days that isn't shysty, isn't trifling. You know what I mean? It's hard to find a good girlfriend that wears respectful clothing and isn't trying to like bat her eyelashes at your man. It is really hard. And i rather have no friends than to have any friends like that. And I've had plenty of them. Trust me. (laughs) So, you know, can we just please put some dang clothes on? Seriously? I remember right before we left Virginia, we're walking into Walmart and these two girls walk by. And I'm not even joking. One of them had on what had to most definitely have been a bathing suit uh, over wrap. You know, like the over things we wear over our bathing suits. And it was netted, so completely see-through, right? Crocheted, netted, but with the big holes, the big netted holes, not small crochet pattern. She had nothing but thong underwear on underneath it. No bra, thong underwear, and a netted bathing suit cover-up, and she was walking into Walmart like that. Now, I'm sorry, I don't care how godly your husband is, That's going to cause any man to at least look once. And I'll tell you guys something, when our minds take a picture of something, it is hard to get rid of that picture. That's the thing with pornography that really, you know, puts a whole nother layer to the issue of the addiction. You know, when you're an alcoholic and you get drunk on alcohol, when you sober up and that alcohol has worked its way out of your system, the alcohol is no longer in your system. And you've got to go back and get another drink to get drunk again, right? Or the same thing with drugs. Pornography is videos and pictures. So you forever file them away in your pornography file cabinet in your head. And it's really hard to get those images out of your head once they're there. I've seen pornography. Um, and I can actually think of... of. Uh, What am I trying to say? I can actually think of shots or pictures that I saw 20 years ago that I can literally see in my mind today. I can see the socks she was wearing. I could see the position they were in. You guys, it is a deep addiction. And that's why Satan loves it so much, because I don't have to go and view pornography anymore. I've got plenty of it stored in my head, right? So it's a addiction to fantasy is what it is. So if you can, you can see your best friend's wife and, and be turned on by her and attracted to her and lust after her and what she was wearing, and then you can go home that night without even having a picture of her, or anything to visually look at, just the memories you have in your mind, and you can go get off in the shower or dare I say. Get off on the visions you have of her in your mind and the fantasies you have of her in your mind while you're with your wife in bed that night. So when a man lusts after another woman in his own heart, he's committed adultery. And that goes for women too. So it's not completely 100% our fault if we are causing someone to lust after us and to go and masturbate behind his wife's back or whatever, but we are partially responsible with the way that we carry ourselves and the way that we present ourselves, especially if we're talking about somebody that knowingly struggles with addiction, right? So I've changed in so many ways, even my bathing suits. When we lived at the apartment temporarily before we moved to Alaska, uh, we had a pool Uh, community pool at the apartment. Of course, y'all know Parker wanted to be at that pool every day after school. And for the first time, I felt so differently. I hadn't really worn a bathing suit out in public. I did it to the beach a couple times, but I went on Amazon and I bought some really cute bathing suits that were modest. So like they covered my stomach. They were like, it was almost like a tank top shirt, but a bathing suit. And then it had like The bottoms that were full coverage, you know, like the butt cheeks were all covered up. And let me tell you guys, I got a lot of butt cheek to cover up, okay? (laughs) But I was, I felt so much better in that. And I didn't need to go and have all my goodies hanging out. I'm almost 41 years old and I've been married to Joe for 23 years and I got two babies. What in the world am I doing going to a pool dressed in a string bikini trying to turn on other men when the only man I should be turning on is my husband? One of the times we went to the pool, there was a girl in a bikini, a thong. And, you know, Parker is very aware. Um, you guys, I've, I've raved about the book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures for Children. And if you don't know how to talk to your kids about pornography, I'm telling you, go on Amazon and get the book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. It is such a great introduction to teach your young children about what to do with the images that they are undoubtedly going to see, whether you think you're protecting them or not. You guys, the culture we're living in, you can't even drive down the street without things being on a billboard anymore. So it's helping your kids identify it and then learn the healthy ways of what to do with that once they've seen it. So Parker, I think the first time I read that book to him, I think he was like five, four or five years old. And I read it to him intermittently every year or so just to kind of refresh his memory and so he's very aware of wow mom look what she's wearing and he'll turn his eyes and Parker has this way of describing things he's like mom it's like a magnet he's like even though I know I shouldn't look and I, I don't want to look and I'm trying not to and the Lord doesn't want me to look he's like it's a magnet and it's drawing me to look at it. How true is that? It's like a train wreck, right? You don't want to look at it, but you just can't help yourself. <laughs> and that's, that's Satan. It's temptation. Satan is tempting him, right? So we were at the pool one day and this girl was laying. I'm going to just draw the picture for you. She's laying face down on a lawn chair and her feet are pointing to the pool. Okay. So Parker's in the pool. There's a couple other little boys from the apartment complex in the pool. And then there's a teenage boy that we knew from the apartment complex in the pool. So it was a couple of us moms and then all of our little boys were in the pool swimming. She is laying on this lawn chair on her stomach with her legs spread facing the pool. Her bathing suit bottoms were a thong, loose. They did not fit her the way that they should have. So when she was laying there with her legs spread, her bathing suit was open. You get my drift. The giblets were hanging out. And Parker came to me and he's like, Mom, I need to swim at the other end of the pool. Like, I can't, I can't stop looking. Like, how could I expect at the time my nine-year-old baby boy to not look at that? And You can't tell me the girl didn't know what she was doing. Her bathing suit to begin with was raunchy. I mean, why don't you just go to the pool naked? Because what she was wearing basically covered anything. And then you have a pool full of little boys and little teenage boys. And you spread your legs in front of them like that. You know what you're doing. It's like when you bend over and you got plumber's crack and you can feel the cool breeze going down your pants. Like, you know your butt crack's hanging out. As a woman, when your cleavage is hanging out and you bend over, you know the girls are hanging out. So, I don't buy the, oh, I didn't know. No, you knew. Cover it up. And I told Parker, come to the shallow end. And he swam at the shallow end until she, until she left the pool. But for him to be able to recognize it at such a young age is so important, you guys. And educating our children at a young age is so important because they're going to face this. We, can't, we cannot protect them from facing this stuff and encountering it, especially if they're in public school and if they have a phone with complete access to the Internet, YouTube, and everything else. They're going to see. It's not if, it's when. So educating them and arming them with the skills and the tools that they need at an early age, you know, because Parker and I are so open about these topics and I am not, I do not shy away from talking to my children about this stuff. I never have, even with Lexi. He was able to come to me, his mom, right? And tell me like, mom, I'm struggling. Like I can see everything and I'm like trying not to look, but I can't help it. He recognized that. And he was mature enough and brave enough to come to me and say, like, it it was so sad, you guys. It was like he was begging me for help. And I'm like, Bubba, just swim on on the other end of the pool. Stay on the shallow end. But if we didn't have that open dialogue, he wouldn't have felt comfortable coming to me. And they need that, you guys. They need a safe place with sound guidance. Because in this day and age, the guidance that they're getting from the school, from the doctors, from their friends the neighbor down the street. It's 90% not godly and probably 99% not godly. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to read just a couple of scriptures with you guys before I go today. Um, and, and I, I want to say, you know, have I've actually had some people message me on Instagram that are quite angry about this topic. And they're like, it's not my fault if a man looks at me like that. Like, I shouldn't have to change what I'm wearing just because someone's a pervert. Well, I would dare you to sit in prayer with that. Because when you come with that kind of an attitude, you feel convicted about it. But you're flipping the switch on your conscience and you You like the attention you're getting from it more than the fact that you know it's the wrong thing and you're causing someone to lust after you and potentially stumble if they have an issue with addiction to pornography, right? So to me, I am honored. Now that I have grown and matured in my age and experiences with life, I am honored to be able to... I want to be the wife that my new friend... Can feel 100% comfortable with. I want to be the friend that she doesn't have to worry about. Like, oh man, she's coming over for dinner and she's like super sexy and always wears low cut shirts. And my husband's always looking at her and like, you know, I don't want to be that girl. I want to be the friend that she feels 100% comfortable with. And she's like, I freaking love Tina. Like, you know, she might be pretty and stuff, but you know, she's always covered up. She's never like all up on my husband, batting her eyelashes. Like I used to have friends like that. That would be like ah, Joe, you know, patting him on the shoulder. Joe, you're so funny. Girl, don't be touching my man. Get your hand off my man and put a sweater on. <laughs> so, just look at it that way, you guys. Be find honor, find joy in covering up your beautiful body and saving it for your husband. Make your husband feel special. I want, husband, I want Joe to feel special in knowing that his beautiful wife saves every part of herself for him. That is for him to enjoy, nobody else. Find joy in that. And find joy, ladies, in being that one friend, possibly the only friend that your friend has that is honorable and that she can trust and feel 100% comfortable around. So just a couple of verses before I go. And these are kind of random, but I just was kind of looking up some stuff to go over with you guys, and they just kind of stuck out to me. 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And the next one, 1 Timothy 2.9. Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectful apparel, with modesty and self-control. So in Timothy, like they're saying like there's nothing wrong with wearing nice clothing, taking care of yourself, but adorn yourself in respectful apparel and modesty. Romans 12:2, this is a big one and I know you guys have heard this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing You may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, back when I got my breast implants back in the day, I was filling my mind with filth and garbage. I was watching real TV, girls next door, just garbage. And because of all the stuff I was putting in my mind, it made me have unwholesome thoughts to the point where I didn't feel like I was good enough. I thought it was sexy to let all my stuff hang out and my boobs weren't big enough. I went and put myself through surgery and got breast implants to try to be more like these women. That is what happens when you fill your mind with nothing but filth. And that's why the Lord says to renew your mind daily, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is bad. Fill your mind with good podcasts, uplifting podcasts. Fill your mind with good YouTube videos. Fill your mind with good Instagram pages. I don't even follow people like this, you know, LSU gymnast. I won't even follow someone like her. First of all, it's garbage and filth. Second of all, it does nothing but make me feel inadequate about myself. Right? I won't even follow people like that because nothing good comes from keeping company like that. We're supposed to not be conformed to the world. And you guys, it is really hard and it's only going to get harder. The next one is 1 Peter 3, 1 through 4. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external the braiding of hair and putting on gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. That's pretty, that's pretty powerful. <laughs> be subject to your own husbands, ladies. I hope that this podcast show was uplifting in some way. Um, I really enjoy just sitting down and having like an hour My podcasts are always an hour. I can never seem to get them under. I try and it just never works out. So I'm just embracing that and I'm going with it. But I've enjoyed hanging out with you guys today over a cup of coffee. I hope that somehow this has um, pricked your heart in a way that will help cause change in your life if you're struggling with this and no judgment here because I've been there, done that. So just trying to bring a different perspective uh, to you. And um, I know what I'm looking for in a girlfriend especially because of the things Joe and I have struggled with in our marriage. And my circle of girlfriends just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And I think that that's going to continue to be that way until the end of the age because the culture is just getting more wicked, more sexualized. And it's really hard to find people that are uh, rooted in the word. Um, so it's. I just want to leave you with that. You know, if, if your circle is small... That's not necessarily a bad thing, right? I'd rather have a small circle of some really good women than 55 friends that are a bad influence and that are of the world and that cause my husband to lust and stumble. Um, As hard as he tries, he is a man, ladies, and men are visual. And so we do have a responsibility in the way that we walk, the way that we talk, the way that we carry ourselves, and the way that we dress to try not to make our brothers stumble, All right, you guys, if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, let me know. Send me an email anytime at homefreealaska at gmail.com. Make sure to leave a review for me anywhere you listen to your podcast. You know, my podcast is fairly small and I'm trying to get the word out. And that's one way that uh, we do that. If you guys would leave a review, even if you don't write a review, you can just tap the stars for me. And that's going to help get the word out about my podcast. And of course, the easiest way is to share my podcast with your friends and family. If you guys are following our family over on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at Home Free Alaska. And then of course, over on the YouTube channel where we post a new video every week, that YouTube channel is Home Free Alaska. Love you ladies, stay blessed, and I'll talk to you guys on the next episode.